Welcome everyone to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast, the podcast focused on leadership. The episode will begin shortly. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dr. John Bedker Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Bedker. A little bit of a small celebration here. 40th episode today. 40th episode. I'm very happy about that. I'm pleased to have the opportunity to have all of you tune in and listen. And uh, just once again to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, today is quite a day. I mean quite a day. I was working on the next two podcasts, actually, doing what I do, uh, doing the research, reading the articles, uh, reviewing the book, whatever, whatever is necessary to get myself up to speed, to understanding the issue, understanding the data. I was working on the next two podcasts. And then today happened. Holy cow. Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. It was a day unlike any other. I couldn't stop watching my TV, reading story after story on my computer. I was in multiple conversations with multiple people throughout the day. The Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, the third in line of succession to the U.S. presidency, was being removed. This is an astonishing story of leadership failure. Sadly, sadly, but true. A story I could not skip. I stopped everything. The events surrounding the removal of Representative Kevin McCarthy the Speaker of the House of the United States Congress is a story of leadership ineptitude that must be told. Not because of political party or ideology, not position or his absolutely immense power. No. I want to be clear. You know, this podcast is all about leadership. I'm passionate about leadership. And I know you're tuning in because I think you might be too. But this, this experience, the events surrounding it, holy cow. It is a story of leadership ineptitude. Unfortunately, it's not a new story. Another compelling reason for me to stop everything else and bring you this story. There is no party, Republican, Democrat, Independent, whoever, that is pure in their art and practice of leadership. No, there isn't. No party could pass a purity test, to be sure. So let me say that right up front. However, the Republican Party, their leadership has stood out in their pronounced inability to lead. And we have to talk about that. For a very, very long time. How long? Well, we could go back a long way in history, but let me just go back a bit, some decades. Newt Gingrich, sort of one of the leaders of this 
Let's bring force, power, loud voice. Let's, let's be strident in our attempt to lead. And as we know, he was removed. Dennis Hastert, next Republican following him, had the uh, office of speaker for some time. Left under a cloud. He had been charged and ultimately went to prison for molesting children. Oh my God. Many of you have listened to my other podcasts about sexual abuse in the Catholic Church, other cases, um, but the idea that a person of this position, of this power, would be charged with sexual misconduct. Oh, unbelievable. An absolute absence of leadership. Well, then John Boehner came, next Republican. He couldn't control the right. And this was a burgeoning group, the right, who are clearly not right at all. They're wrong, but they believe they're right. And most importantly, others believe them and they get elected to office. But Boehner couldn't uh, control this right, and he left. He not only left the speakership, he left the House of Representatives. Paul Ryan, next Republican to follow, couldn't. Same song, next verse. Could not deal with, could not manage, could not lead the right of the Republican Party. And so, after 10 years of Democrats in between, in this case, Nancy Pelosi leading for a long period of time with a very thin margin, but works to try to get things done. You might not agree. You might not like it. You might say, oh, my God. But the bottom line is we did not have this calamity, this chaos, this turbulence, the drama that each of these Republicans over decades has brought. But then comes Kevin McCarthy. And he, over a short period of time, implodes. The details are many, and there's bad faith and execution all around Republican leadership. This is not meant to be a one-of. This is meant to say there is an endemic and pervasive quality in this party. And there has been for decades, as I've briefly tried to describe. So it's not an individual. It's not even a small list of Republican. These deficiencies have been of long standing and have been growing for a long, long time. Well, I'm going to mention a few points because we have to really focus on leadership because that's really the issue here, not politics. Please don't go there. Leadership. Item one I want to mention. Congressional leaders need to govern. Now, that sounds almost obvious, doesn't it? That's their job. That's what they were elected to do. Congressional leaders need to govern. Republicans, for a long period of time, are not interested in governing. 
They've demonstrated that over and over. Their focus is on problem identification. Now, those of you that are regular listeners know that I talk about this with some frequency. The job of the leader is certainly to know that, to know it well, but the job of the leader leader is to solve problems, not spend their time and dwell on problem identification. The task that the Republicans have taken on with incredible capacity and commitment. Problem identification absent the problem solving. We could go on and on about the myriad of issues of policies. But the Republican Party's goal has not been, has not been to get to yes. Their goal has been to get to no. They would whine and complain for a long period of time about immigration, a huge problem, a problem which Democrats, independents, everyone needs to step up to. Again, not a single problem, but a huge problem. But yet they don't want to fix it. They don't want to sit down and do the work that's essential to solving an absolutely large and critical problem. No, we want to focus on problem identification and why the other person has been an impediment. They are a problem. In the practice of leadership, that is a showstopper. Leaders must be problem solvers. Kevin McCarthy was not a problem solver. And again, let's not isolate him. He's not alone. It's a pervasive quality of Republican congressional members. Second, the House, 435 members. That's the U.S. House of Representatives. What would you need to do to get something done, to govern, to problem solve? What would you need to do? You would need to, one, have trust. It's key, it's critical in working with others. In passing legislation to benefit the American people. If what you say and what you do do not match, if your word is not your bond, you can't win trust or be an effective leader. You need to not just talk the talk, but you do, in fact, need to walk that talk. You need to do one and the same. Your word needs to be your bond. McCarthy, and again, not alone. So many of these Republicans do this day in and day out. Sadly, tragically. Their word is not their bond. For leadership to be effective, it must be consistent. What you say must be what you do. Kevin McCarthy has been documented over and over to be particularly unfaithful to this essential leadership axiom. You cannot promise the President of the United States a top-line budget number, and then 
promise members of the Republican caucus a different number. You can't do that. And then later when people are upset, you can't badmouth the people that you made the deal with, the Democrats, because the Republicans say, we don't want a collective. We want us and not them. And you told us this. You can't create new news. You can't say, if we agreed to spend a dollar, well, and then later say, well, we're only going to spend 70 cents. Well, what, what, do you, what do you mean? We agreed to spend a dollar. Well, no, we agreed to spend not more than a dollar. I mean, this story changes, right? And, and it, it has these little nuances, inconsistencies. Why? Because he promised 70 cents to someone else. His word was not his bond. Okay, one more. I want to discuss a very real leadership reality. Something those of you that are students, scholars, know this term, but I'll explain it simply. The psychological contract. The psychological contract goes like this. I might be in a situation where I need something to get done. I'm not able to do it for whatever reason. It could be manpower, could be could be money, could be a combination of any number of things. I need help from others to accomplish whatever I need to accomplish. Okay? Simple, straightforward. I need help. I go to someone. I go to Andy. I go to Alice, whoever, and say, could you help me with this? I believe you have capabilities that I need to accomplish this task. And that person's under no obligation to help, no requirement to help, but they could. And you know what? They say, I believe that that would benefit our organization, our enterprise, our company, our Congress. And so they help. And then at some point later, who knows, short time, long time, any time, that person that gave that hand, that provided that help, needs help themselves. And they go back to that person that came to them and said, hey, I'm in a bit of a problem here. Can you help me? Well, because they helped you, you are more likely to help them. This idea of collectivism, which I've spoken about, is real. It is one of the critical ways that we govern, that we lead. And certainly in Congress, it is essential to recognize how one person can help another and vice versa. The active engagement of psychological contracts, contracts not required, but could be meaningfully helpful are critical. To get things done in Congress, to deliver for the American people, it must be about the collective, the we, the us. Just like it says in our founding documents, we, the people. Now, the Republicans have lost sight of that, and in a big way. 
and I'm sorry to call them out, but we have to tell the truth. The truth is that collective is abhorrent to them. We are the democracy. For this democracy to work, we need congressmen and senators to represent us, our needs, our interests, to be truthful about it, to be consistent about it. Is being honest too high a bar? Is that an expectation that is just unreasonable? Well, if the person that you voted for is unwilling to meet that standard, as a leadership matter, you must, not can, not could, not should, you must not give them your vote next time. Kevin McCarthy lost his speakership because he wasn't honest with his colleagues. He wasn't honest with the Democrats. He wasn't honest with the President of the United States. Most importantly, he wasn't honest with the American people. Leadership, folks, is so key, so critical. doesn't get the time or attention it not only deserves, but absolutely needs. We have to practice effective, good leadership. Leadership is absolutely essential. Leaders must be honest. That's not too high a bar to set. Leaders must be honest. Leaders must understand the benefits of collectivism. You must this idea of polarization, tribalism, of us, them, we, they, has got to stop. In Congress, we cannot get the job done without collectivism. It, I've said this, and I'm going to say it again. A rising tide does, in fact, raise all boats. And that's a good thing. Last point I want to make. Leaders must get in touch with his funny term, non-sibi. Not for self, but for others. But not say it, live it, walk it, do it. Not for self, but for others. That is the ultimate task, because what does leadership ultimately boil down to? Doing the right thing thing. Is it the right thing that we have a crisis of immigration on the border? Absolutely not. Let's do the work. Do we really want to play this silly, silly game of shutting down the U.S. government for virtually no reason other than we were unwilling to do our job? That's just so far wrong, I can't even go any further. No. I'll finish with saying that you have to personalize it, folks. You really do. Leadership's important. Congressional leadership is failing us on the Republican side. 
We live in a democracy. We don't live in an autocracy. We, the people, is our cornerstone. We. Not us versus them, you versus us. No, we, the people. We've got to do the best we can. Won't be perfect. The best we can with what we have. We don't have enough money for everything on an unlimited basis. We have to to absolutely demonstrate fiscal responsibility. We have to understand the worth and dignity of humans as well, of all types. We're a nation of immigrants. We're a nation of innovators. We're the wealthiest nation in the world. We can do this. Singularly, we cannot. The idea that a spending bill wouldn't incorporate the needs, the wants, the interests of the collective. Absolutely can't exist. It has to be the we, has to be us. For leadership to be effective, it must be consistent. We cannot go down a path where we would shut down the largest economy in the world because we can't play nicely together. Holy cow. Completely unacceptable from a leadership point of view. Now, I've heard all sorts of arguments, and there are, gosh, goodness knows, many, many, many of them. Uh, I've been in discussions, and I'll finish with a couple of these. You know, as I said, I've been on the phone and talking. Um, uh, recently, I had the occasion to have conversations with uh, the local congressman from the district that I live. Holy cow. Now, I live in an area that's highly military people, active and retired. Um the congressman would have you believe that he really, really was committed, was really absolutely focused on the needs and interests of helping veterans, of helping the military. He was pro-military. He would have you believe that, and he would craft you a story that just sounds so good. It really and really truly does. And this is a real problem with congressional leadership. We cannot talk a good game and then not do the good walk. He voted to reduce veteran benefits, hearing, vision, and dental, as he did for all seniors, CMS, Medicare as well, same thing. And when you confront him about this, he would tell you how he was for veterans. And you go, then why did you vote to reduce our benefits? Benefits that we had earned Well, he would tell you that he doesn't like omnibus bills. That's his story. And I go, oh my God, what a joke. Problem identification, not problem solving. Right at its very core. Well, go and fight, lobby, propose legislation to do away with omnibus bills if you think that that is so important. And if so, let's see if the rest of the congressional leadership feels that way. And if so, that bill would pass. Do you know how many bills he's brought to address that issue? Zero. 
but he was willing to vote to reduce veteran benefits because, oh, it's in an omnibus bill. I don't like omnibus bills. This failure of Republican leadership, this ineptitude must stop. I had a series of exchanges also, uh, last one I'll uh, mention here, on um, aid to Ukraine. The people uh, on this uh, chain of uh, e emails, very bright people, very successful people, um, and I'll say very nice people. Um, they had, uh, as a group, all gone to uh, a, a, a very, very high-end uh, private uh, boarding school. Uh, I, I uh, did not go to this school, but for whatever reason was included in the discussion, perhaps because of uh, leadership. Um, and uh, I was honored to be, to be a part. But they had strong feelings about cutting Ukrainian aid or limiting Ukrainian aid. Wanted to talk about how heartfelt they felt about supporting the people of Ukraine and the terrible situation they found themselves. But they were not willing to be a problem solver. Oh, we could wind up in a nuclear war. And you go, oh my God, have you ever worn a uniform in service of your country? Have you ever been in harm's way? Do you have any idea, truly, what you're talking about? You have great training. You have great knowledge, but you do not have experience. You have zero experience. I would listen to those people that have that experience. I would listen to what they say. And what they would say is, please, give us what we need and give the Ukrainians what they need. So these arguments about Problem identification. We don't want to spend this kind of money. And oh, here's what will happen is if they understood military strategy and military tactics, and they don't. We see this in the Congress of the United States often. Okay, I'm going to stop. I think this day was absolutely incredible. It brings right into our face squarely the need for congressional leadership. We absolutely need effective congressional leaders. People that will be truthful, people that will be honest, people that will be consistent, people that will work not for self, but for others. Well, thank you all. It's incredibly important. Uh, please share this with your friends. Uh, please talk. Um, I am so grateful that you've tuned in. Thanks so much. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends and, of course, please follow our podcast and subscribe. Thank you again for tuning in.